Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without any fiddling and juddling. They call us the good guys. I don't know why, because we're not really that good. Well, we think we're good, but actually we're just kind of mediocre. My name is Morgan Freeman, and I'd like to welcome you to the Gary Lovett and Friends podcast. That's Gary and his brother Keith. By the way, why doesn't Keith get top billing? Recently, folks, we got to talk with one of the most iconic figures in music history. Some people call him rock. Others call him folk, a little combination of both. And since he's my brother Keith's all-time favorite, I'll let him do the introduction. When we had the opportunity and you was told we were going to have this opportunity to speak with Don McLean, I was absolutely taken aback. In my years of listening to music, uh, I've certainly loved a variety of artists, a uh, variety of songs. But one particular artist meant so much to me. And I, and I always thought it was because of just the melody, but it was the words, the words with the melody. And, and Don McLean, uh, his music, his words, his stories, to this day resonate within the confines of my head and soul. And to have this opportunity to actually talk to him about his music and how much he meant to me, uh, words actually escape me. And I'm a pretty wordy guy, but they actually escape me, the, the, the feeling that it gave me to have that opportunity, that sit-down talk with my, my all-time favorite, Don McLean. It's really cool, Keith. I know that you were the guy that kind of got me into him with the American Pies, but my favorite of his is Castles in the Air. Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, there were so many different songs and songs that you wouldn't even know. Uh, The song that spawned Killing Me Softly, which was about a a young girl went to a concert and it was a a Don McLean concert. And he was singing the song Empty Chair. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. I'd, I'd tell anyone out there, listen to that song. And just, it's a, it's a tearjerker. And it actually spawned Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack. Uh, and, and for our podcast fans out there, when COVID opens up and we're back to normal again, Don McLean has promised to do a show with you as the MC, Keith. How cool is that? I would take any opportunity to do that. I would love to introduce Don McLean to an audience. Uh, he's, he's up there in years now, but I saw him not that long ago at the Cabot in Beverly. His voice is as clear as crystal still to this day. Uh, great stage presence, puts on an outstanding show. If ever given the opportunity to do that, I would relish it. And Dave, why don't you take over to tell all our listeners out there how they can maintain their listenership here on Gary and Keith's podcast. Sure. Producer Dave here from pod617.com. A reminder to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Wherever you find it, you can always go to pod617.com for the full library of this show. And in pod, we trust, as we say here at pod617.com. I love it. it. (laughs) All right. So now we'll do the intro into Don McLean. Yeah, please. And here we go. Okay. We'll wait until she goes. (laughs) Hurry up. Get it in quick. Here we go. So, folks, here you go. The American Troubadour. Take it away, Keith. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Don McLean. 
This is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Okay. Big. American Pie was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2003. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2004. American Pie was selected as one of the five greatest songs of the 20th century in a poll by the National Endowment for Arts and Recording should Industry Association higher. of America. Yeah, it should have been higher. I agree. The other four songs were This Land Is Your Land, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Respect, and White Christmas. Yeah, much higher. Yeah. Folks, let's see. We got American Pie and I Love You So, Castles in the Air, Vincent. And right now, I'm going to yield to my brother Keith because yeah, this yeah. is his all-time favorite. He Take is. it away, Keith. If I had a Mount Rushmore, Don, Don McLean's on my music, Mount Rushmore. You are, Don. Good, good morning, Don McLean. How are you? Wow, what a nice thing to say. Thank you. You are. You are. You don't. You know. I know that you. You know that you mean a lot and have meant a lot to people throughout the years. Uh, your music extremely powerful in my youth, uh, even to this day. It soothed. It made days enjoyable. Brought relief to a young kid in so many facets of my life. A kid who probably stressed way too much. That's what it meant to me. Still does to this very day. So I have to thank you. I had to do that before we get into a conversation. I really appreciate that, and thank you for saying those things. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. You know, what I found is I was delving into more and more of you. You know, that we were told that you wrote American Pie when you were 16 years old, but I found out it was like you were 24 years old. Am I correct with that? Yes, I wrote it after I got out of college. I went to, I actually graduated from college in 1968, and I think I wrote it in 1970 or something around there. Yeah, yeah. In eight minutes and 36 seconds long. Did you actually think it was going to get radio play being that length? No, I, I really didn't think about radio play. I was thinking about making albums. That's, yeah. I had my own uh, little fantasy. Um, well, first of all, I never thought I would be famous at all. I, um, I wanted to write really good songs and make, make albums. And um, like many artists that I had known, you know, and uh, I didn't think about, you know, being having hit records right. or being famous and, and certainly not being internationally known at all. Yeah. Um, I figured, you know, if I, I could just make a nice little living and maybe have a house, a little house someplace, that would be plenty. Yeah, you, you, you had difficulty getting a record label. I think you went out, got a number in my head 72 times before you... Actually scored a label. Well, it was not quite that many, but there was a lot. It keeps growing that number. But there was a lot of records. This is, this, this, yeah. This, yeah, you got people writing uh, ills. But yeah, anyway, yeah. One of the reasons, one of the reasons was that I wouldn't give the, up the publishing to my song. Yeah. Right. Um, the record companies always wanted to own the songs as well as the master recording. I wasn't going to give them to the songs, and so. Uh, you know, that made me difficult right off the bat. And then I wrote, you know, if you listen to the Tapestry album, yep. which is the particular album that got turned down, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of songs on that record. I mean, the, the title song is an environmental song. There were protest songs on that record. There's End I Love You So. So there's a straight-ahead love song, which became... A very famous song of mine, and Castles in the Air is on there as well. Right. So they could 
there were things they liked and there were things they didn't, and uh, I wouldn't give them the publishing. Right. And so, as and that's how it went. You know, it. You kind of got to do the same thing and stay in the same. You know, if if James Taylor does an album, every song sounds like James Taylor. You know, that's how he does it, and everybody loves that stuff. And uh, but I change change my mind all the time. I want to try something else. Now, off that album, the Tapestry album, you had like you said, Castles in the Air. And I Love You So, And I Love You So was covered by so many. In fact, I think, uh, let's see, Perry Como did a, a great version of it. Elvis loved that song. In fact, I know Elvis was really instrumental in your, your uh, love well, of music. Well, um, uh, Chet Atkins was the head A&R guy. I think he owned a part of RCA Records. And he was a big booster of mine. I had never met him. But right off the bat, he liked what I was doing. And we later became very good friends. Wow. And uh, he brought that song to Como. And they made a couple of little musical changes. I think they put an A7th in there. Actually made it a better song, and uh, of course, Como sang it beautifully. The arrangement was great. The sound was fabulous, and it went to number one. And he sold a million records, and um, I figured, you know, that was the end of that. You know, what a tremendous thing! And then, like the next year, Elvis, his people called up and said, Elvis wants to do "And I Love You So," but we want the publishing, and we said, sorry, can't have it. So we recorded it anyway. And uh, did it every night. He, I think they put out a lot of Elvis records from uh, Bohr uh, recordings, you know, that the Sal Man would make. Right. And there's a bunch of them. He sings it every time. There's a, uh, off that end, I love you so, I couldn't help but think of some of the other ones you actually covered. I know you covered uh, Roy Orbison's Crying, and Orbison was really flattering about your vocals on that song. Well... Orbison was such a pure artist, you know. He was really very pure. Even when you, his name sounds like Orbit, like yeah. in another orbit, like in another planet somewhere. He looks like he came from another planet. <laughs> and, you know, he sounded like he came from another yeah. planet. And he was very, the sweetest guy, you know, uh, if he loved you. Yeah. And he loved me quite a bit because he appreciated my singing and... Um, liked what I did with his song, but you, you know, you have to forget Linda Ronstadt was also, had a, such a beautiful voice, and she had already come in with a Blue Bayou, a beautiful version of that song. Right. So Roy was uh, now starting to come back, and the two of us really, having these big records, I think Crying was bigger than Blue Bayou that went all over the world, it was number sure. one, but anyway, it really helped him. Like, he didn't need our help, you know, but I, he was not doing the kind of business, because he made some mistakes. Right. Uh, he was on these oldies shows all the time, and he was headlining them, of course, but still, have, it was like the old days, you know, he'd have eight other acts on there. Now he came into his own, and that Traveling Wilburys thing was fabulous for him, and, and that uh, anything you want, you got it. I love that song, I love that video, and, you know, he was right there, and then, boom, he dies. I know. You know, he, he had a bad heart, you know, and he'd had 
surgery, I think, when he was in the 40s or something. Wow. You know, he, he lost his wife. He lost his sons. He had his house burned down. I mean, this guy had... Oh, man. Um, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck. Yeah, terrible. Folks, we're speaking with the one and only Don McLean here on Gary Levitt and Friends this morning. Obviously, he's a big, or my brother Keith's all-time favorite. A lot of people refer to him as Mr. American Pie or the American Troubadour. But what I was wondering, we wanted to play Castles in the Air right now. Yeah. And could you kind of get us into Castles in the Air, just like a little acapella before we actually play it, or is that asking too much? Uh, and if she asks you why, you can tell her that I told you that I'm tired of castles in the air. And if she asks you why, you can tell her that I told you that I'm tired of castles in the air. I've got a dream I want the world to share, and castle walls just lead me to despair. Hills of forest green where the mountains touch the sky, a dream come true. I'll live there till I die I'm asking you To say my last goodbye The love we knew Ain't worth another try Save me from all the trouble and the pain I know I'm weak But I can't face that girl Castle walls just lead me to 
That, that I'll tell you that, that that just drops me back to being a kid. Wow, really? you, you, I get chills. I'm not kidding you, Don. I, I let me tell you a funny story. My brother Gary set me. I was covering. Uh, I was writing for a, a local newspaper around here, and uh, you were coming in concert at the Cabot in Beverly. This was not that long ago. And I go, Gary, I want to uh-huh. cover that. I want to. I want to go see Don McLean. I want to write the article. So Gary got me in there. They didn't have my name on the list. I had a hem. I had. Oh. A, I had. A, I had. A, I had to make a little bit of a stink, Don. I'm sorry about it. But oh. I, oh, I got in. I got in. They they set up a, a, a folding chair, a tin folding chair for me off to the side. So oh. yeah, this is kind of funny. Now you know the audience there. We're all there appreciating your your vocals, the guitar playing, and your storytelling, which is just immense to me. I love just listening to you talk. I don't never mind sing. Well, you finish one song. And as soon as you finish, I'm there with my son, who's 23 years old at the time. And I get up and I start yelling, yeah, Don, yeah! <laughs> now, I might have been the only I'm the only one in the audience pounding my fist up in the air and screaming your name. And I got people staring. My son's going, Dad, what are you doing? You're supposed to be with the media. I don't care, it's Don McClain! <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding you, Don. I couldn't sit down. I was just jacked up with you being there. I, oh, it was huge. And and by Huge. the way, the editor of the newspaper, after Keith wrote that article, true story on this part, he said, boy, your writing is a lot better on this review than the other reviews that you've done recently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was another well, thing. I always, I always um, like to hear an artist live. Oh, yeah. You know, I like to hear how they really sound and, um, you know, how they're, in my case, how the guitar sounds, yeah. the voice sounds. I don't know if I had my band with me. That's probably a long time ago. I probably just had my guitar player. With That's me. all you had, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it's nice to, to hear how the actual actually. You sound just you know? as good. You sound better live than, and well, that's thank the, you. yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, and that's amazing. Uh, you've been at it for so many years. You've never lost. Have. You haven't lost anything. Nothing. You've gotten better. Like a wine. Yeah, no, I'm sincere with that, Don. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull any punches, and I, I sincerely mean that. Brian Wilson even once wrote, uh, your voice could cut through steel. That's Brian Wilson, Beach Boys. I mean, you had a lot of fans who were major artists. Uh, I, I know yeah, that- I do. I'm, I'm very fortunate. Sometimes I think I wonder who they're talking about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really, I'm not a networker, you know. I'm no. kind of a lone, lone cat, you know. And, yeah. Um, I love this stuff, but I don't try to get next to people uh, much unless I, you know, unless it's appropriate. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've read some lovely things that have been said, and uh, I feel, you know, there's this uh, presidential historian Douglas Brinkley. Yeah. And he was um, basically the the main voice of a documentary they did about me called American Troubadour. Right. And he up what I do and so beautifully 
that I felt I could just die and go to heaven, that somebody actually <laughs> finally <laughs> understood what it was I was after, you know? Yeah. No, I'll, uh, I, I think we all have a take on Don McLean, all the fans, uh, what you've meant to us throughout the years. Uh, I, I, I always refer it back to the uh, Roberta Flack song, Killing Me Softly, and I know it was Laurie Lieberman who was actually the young lady in the crowd that particular evening when you were singing that inspired the, the song Killing Me Softly. Well, uh, Laurie Lieberman uh, saw me at the Troubadour. I wrote a, a song I sang called Empty Chairs. Right. Um, Love that song. She loved that song, and it, I guess, inspired her to write a poem about seeing me. Yep. And she gave the poem to uh, Norman Gimbel, who incorporated quite a few of the phrases from the poem into his lyric work, and um, unfortunately never gave her any credit. Right. And then they broke up, and the uh, story got a little bit muddled, but it's since been straightened out because... I found an article in the Daily News where the two writers, Gimbel and Fox and Lori Lieberman, were in the same room, and they discussed exactly how the song was created, and it is the story that Lori Lieberman tells. Isn't that something? You know, it's fascinating that uh, they, they love you that much that you're, you're having songs written about you, and you're, you're a tremendous songwriter yourself. That just blows I've been me very away. lucky in my life, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you, you, your stories, uh, I mean, they can bring you in any which way, any direction, which they've done for my, my life, which uh, I, I can't tell you enough how much it meant growing up and having that music literally at my fingertips. That's so nice to hear, and thank you for saying that. Yeah. I, I look back, you know, on growing up, father and mother were very quiet people, they didn't want to attention brought, um, they didn't have, a mo- didn't have a movie camera or even a camera, you know, and I think there's a few photographs that a guy had a camera across the street took, and occasionally a snapshot, but if there are 15 pictures of my parents, and here, you know, this YouTube channel with performances I've done for 50 years and documentaries and, you know, uh, concert footage and hundreds and hundreds of tracks. And my God, I mean, yeah. I think back on my, you know, uh, most people, you know, they're, they don't have that kind of thing happen to them. And I really didn't plan on it. I just sort of did one thing at a time, but I always kept busy. Yeah. You know, I never laid off for like two years or something. I was always making a record or making a tour or doing an appearance someplace or writing a song. You know, I always kept busy. I was watching the other day of an uh, interview you did on TV. And I think it was Scotland. It wasn't Ireland. It might have been Ireland. And you had the guitar with you. A gentleman that was popping some questions at you. And the interview couldn't have been better just the way you carried it. And you would break out in a quick song, a verse... And that tenor voice of yours was just so precise. And you looked at the audience. They, they panned to the audience. And you could just see the people literally just drinking it up. And it was just having that vantage point that I had and get to take it all in, looking at the, the host yourself and the, the audience was just mesmerizing to me. Well, I'm, I'm, 
I'm really into tone. Yeah. Uh, vocal tone, my guitar tone, and the blending of those two things. So it's a it it, it becomes even as, even as a soloist, if you know I have the right mic on my voice and guitar, it's a pretty big sound because the guitar is ringing out quite a bit, and I sing in sort of a bel canto way, which means I have. Uh, support from the diaphragm like an opera singer almost yeah yeah so the even though I'm an old guy now the 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 tone produces itself naturally because I've been doing it that way for so long uh, but you'd have to go and sort of study that you know if you wanted to learn how to do it well you know what I because I, I was watching a ton and and I'm looking at you as a young guy and then of course we just gradually continue on with the years and the maintenance of your voice or the the ability what you had as a younger younger guy to this very point where you are right now blows me away i i just don't yeah, understand had, how you do that a little more flexibility in my voice and um a few more falsetto notes on if you listen to uh since i don't have you um yes. i don't have that very high falsetto note anymore but my my voice is a little darker and a little wider, yeah. but it works uh, in the studio. Uh, I think if you hear this this next record that's going to come out, still playing favorites, or if you listen to Botanical Gardens, yes, um, I my voice sounds. Um, I'm happy with the sound of it. You know, it's it's uh, my vibrato is there, and uh, yes. got to take care of it. You can't be screaming and yelling and stuff. I don't know how a lot of these young people, they get out there and they, they, they're so successful and they have, and of course they get worked to death and uh, the next thing you know they have voice trouble or, you know, they have to, they crash. You know, and this is the thing like with our, with Elvis Presley, I mean, he was a strong, good-hearted, hard-working country boy, you know, and, uh, and Johnny Cash the same way. And those guys had, you know, either go on in front of 5000 and make 25000 a night or drive a truck, you know, right. or pick cotton in Johnny Cash's case. And the same thing with Buddy Holly. There's a lot of cotton fields out in Lubbock. Mm. And uh, so to them, oh, man, I'm not going to miss one date. You know, if they book me 300 nights a year, I'll be every one of them, you know. And they don't realize how hard it is. After a while, you're, you just get unbelievably tired I bet. and i think that's when they start doing the drugs i mean yeah. you know poor both johnny and elvis you know just did the drugs to make their body make that show you know yeah. they wanted to go to bed i mean elvis should have been in the hospital yeah hey you, your new album's coming out shortly mm-hmm. and it's coming out in october is it is it is it popping then on october yes uh warner warner brothers and you, you also have something coming out in 2021, I think. We're going to come out with um, about 30 tracks that oh. have never been released, or part of them haven't, part haven't. And it's going to be called uh, Songs of the 90s. So that's another project that'll be out, but that'll be on the website. That won't be on a CD. Right. You, you actually got a, a film, I'm pretty sure about that, and also a stage-type presentation, am I correct? Well, I've got a star on the walk of fame in hollywood yes you do of february oh man and then i start a world tour god willing you know we'll see 
where we're headed with all this garbage, uh, this pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I don't worry too much because I am really more concerned about young people yeah. and working people, people with families, worried about their jobs, their security, their pensions, whatever. Right. You know, um, I've had a good run, so if it happens, I'll be there, and if it, and if it doesn't, um, it doesn't. You know, I mean, so many plans have been changed in the last four yeah. months, five months. You know, Don, your heart is uh, it's, it's bigger than your voice, uh, and we really appreciate the fact that you took the time to talk with us Thank today. You. Yeah, no, it, may, it, it meant a tremendous amount. So I really appreciate that. I can tell that. You know, you know what? Um, if you won't let anybody hear it, I'm going to send you a track, okay? Sure. Thank you. You, really? you, can, you, can, you can even put it on the radio if you like it. Oh, man. I, I, I... And what it is is a remix of the song Maybe Baby yep. that I did in 1978 with... with um, with Larry Butler when we did Crying, the same oh, wow. session. Yeah. Wow, that's and, fantastic. Um, I'm just going to send that to your phone. Appreciate it. And that's because you've been so nice, and I'm so happy that you care about what I've done like you do. Yeah. So this is just uh, for you. And if you love it, put it on the radio sometime and see what people... Tell them about it. It's, um, it's pretty hot. It's pretty... Great players on this thing. Wow, this was a great interview. We had the one and only Don McClain. Thank you very much for coming on. And before he goes, we've got one more song by him. This is a remake of the Buddy Holly Maybe Baby here for the first time on radio. And, of course, it's on Gary Lovett and Friends. Don McClain, Maybe Baby. Maybe, baby, I'll have you. Maybe, baby, you be true. Maybe, baby, I'll have you for me. Oh, it's funny, honey, you don't care. You never listen to my prayer. Maybe, baby, you will love me someday. the one that makes me glad and you are the one that makes me sad and when someday do you want me well i'll be there wait and see maybe baby i'll have you maybe baby you'll be true
Producer Dave here from pod617.com. A reminder to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Wherever you find it, you can always go to pod617.com for the full library of this show in Pod We Trust. <laughs>